St. Paul writes a letter to the Romans, recorded as the book of Romans in the Bible, chapter 1, that at long last he desires to come and visit with the Christians in Rome, and he writes, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Well, not only does God call people by the gospel, enlighten them with gifts, sanctifies or sets them apart as a very special ambassador in this world, but he also gathers Christians together in his church to be his church. Now, being the church together for one another is important for building one another up. But who builds up our pastors? Who cares for those who serve the congregation professionally? How do pastors, teachers, deaconesses, youth workers, church musicians stay healthy and not burn out? These questions are some of the questions that we want to consider today as we talk about the well-being of pastors and church workers. Hi, this is Mark Frith, Chairman of the Family Shield Ministry Board and today's guest host of the Family Shield Radio and Podcast Network. Thank you for being a part of the Family Shield family. You are a blessing to us. Our guest for today's program is the Reverend Dr. Daryl Zimmerman, and for the last several years, he has served as the Executive Director of Grace Place Wellness Ministries, whose mission has been to nurture vitality and joy in the ministry by inspiring and equipping church workers to lead healthy lives. Pastor Zimmerman, welcome to the Family Shield program. Mark, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You are most welcome. Pastor Zimmerman, we are so glad you're willing to come and talk on this subject that might be unaware to people and even something they don't even consider. I guess by the fact that a place like Grace Place Wellness Ministries exists, there is a significant challenge for the church today. Would you begin by telling us why Grace Place Wellness Ministries exists and share with us your story of why this ministry is so important to you? Mark, I think you're exactly right that uh, most people in the pews and the congregation would not know that their pastor might be going through a very challenging time. Uh, what we've learned over the years is pastors are very good at putting on this all-together kind of front mm -hmm. on Sunday mornings. Grace Place Wellness Ministries actually had its beginnings in a doctor's office, oh, of all places. Okay. Not in a church where you would think a ministry like this might start. But uh, Dr. John Eckrich, a physician here in St. Louis, was very well connected with the Lutheran community. His father was the administrator of Lutheran Medical Center. So all of the, the pastors in town knew who this guy was when he came and set up his medical practice. So they said, well, that's a good Christian man that I want to be my doctor. Well, on Sunday mornings, Dr. Eckrich would hear these great messages about the peace and the hope and the joy that Jesus brings by his gifts of faith. And then on uh, Monday mornings, he'd go to his office and say, well, I want to serve the Lord in my vocation. And when he'd open the waiting room, who's sitting in the office waiting to see him. Okay. Well, it's pastors oh. and their spouses mm -hmm. and their children and professional church workers. And he would say, well, what are you doing here? Well, a little bit of a uh, study of their well-being indicated they're running rampant with the uh, 
blood pressure and blood sugar and obesity and mm -hmm. sinus and backaches and migraines and all this stress-related illness. And so as he pursued it with them a little bit, he started to hear in the privacy and the confidentiality of the doctor's office what this lifestyle of ministry could be all about. And he was shocked and amazed about the burdens that these people were carrying and that their family members were carrying just by this calling into ministry. Mm. So he, um, he met with pastors and other church leaders and said, what can we do about it? And the, the image of the oxygen mask on the airplane came to mind. Okay. So you remember the speech, right? Sure. I know you're on airplanes all the time. That's right. Okay. And, you know, in the case of the loss of cabin pressure, an <laughs> oxygen mask. And, and, and the recommendation there is if you're traveling with others who need your assistance, get your own oxygen mask on first. Oh, my. So true. Yeah. And, and that made a lot of sense to Dr. Eckridge. How can these people in ministry tend to the needs of the members of the congregation if they don't know how to take care of themselves first? Mm, what a great point. So uh, back in the fall of 2000, the first Grace Place Wellness Retreat for church work couples was held in Aspen, Colorado. Um, my wife and I were invited to attend that first retreat as a last minute replacement. Uh, I tell everyone I came away with a bruise on the side of my leg from my wife, Carol, <laughs> poking me under the table all week long saying, that's you. That's you, you know. And are you hearing this, Daryl? <laughs> well, I I didn't hear it very well, but but that retreat made a huge difference. Okay, we went home, and I started to become intentional about my own spiritual well-being. Interesting that pastors are thinking of everyone else's spiritual well-being, but sometimes can neglect their own um, and my own physical well-being running around making hospital calls until I was physically exhausted myself. Mm -hmm. uh, my family, uh, my finances, um, how uh, we managed conflict in the congregation. All of these things needed attention. So um, uh, that was the beginning, not only of a transformation in my own well-being, which came kind of midpoint in my 30 years in, in parish ministry, mm -hmm. But it was also the beginning of a turnaround for our congregation. What, what we found was that a congregation that had a long history of being kind of hard on their pastors slowly started to become a healthier and healthier and healthier place. And uh, we all benefited. So it was a great experience. Well, I, I really resonate to what you're saying and, and uh, everything that you've shared, mm -hmm. you know, in our conversation, I think is very true. Well, so you bring that up. Uh, Daryl, tell us, how are pastors doing today? Well, overall, we're, we're glad to report that the majority of pastors are actually doing quite well. Um, we, we tend to go through these seasons of difficult times, but when a pastor has the good resources of resilience, spiritual, relational, um, uh, and, a, and a good, healthy congregation. We call them pockets of wellness. There are some churches that just do a great job of 
caring for their pastors and their church workers. Uh, and, you know, we always say, take care of these people and they'll take care of you. So that's, that's the good news. The challenging news is that we have known over the years, uh, the research on this goes back decades and decades. Okay. Typically, about 20% of pastors at any given time are going through a very difficult time. Uh, anxiety, depression, um, considering leaving the ministry. Oh. So about two out of 10 on a typical survey will indicate, yeah, I'm thinking maybe it's time for me to get out. And another 20% are kind of moving in that direction. The This pandemic that we've been in has really accelerated things. Um, a year ago, the Barna Research Group out in California checked to see how that 20% were doing. A year ago, that number had risen to 29% of pastors saying, I'm thinking about leaving the ministry. 29%. 29%, which is a significant spike. And then this past October, they ran the survey again, and the number was up to 38%. Mm. So almost double the historical number of pastors who say they're having a really, really difficult time. Um, the, there were a number of things about the pandemic. Pastors thrive on being connected with a congregation. And so this separation on Sundays, not seeing everybody mm -hmm. on Sundays, mm -hmm. that's been really hard. Um, pastors have told me, gee, I thought we had a purple congregation, and it turns out they were half red and half blue. <laughs> so shall we open? Shall we wear masks? Can we meet together in public? All of a sudden, this is a controversial topic mm -hmm. with pastors caught in the middle. Um, and then the challenges of discovering new ways to be the church and, and to worship on Sunday mornings. All of those have kind of cranked the, the level of anxiety up a notch. We appreciate you sharing um, what you're giving us to know today mm -hmm. and to clarify that at uh, Family Shield Ministries. We're all about caring for families. You're giving us an opportunity to begin caring for pastors' families and other mm -hmm. church workers. Now, Pastor Zimmerman, you wrote a book a couple of years ago that I wish I would have read 25 years ago as a former parish pastor. Now, you titled your book, Reclaiming the Joy of Ministry. Why did you write that book? And let me ask you this, who should read it? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Thanks, Mark. Reclaiming the Joy of Ministry comes from um, our perception over the years that joy in ministry is the number one indicator that things are going well for a pastor. We, we wrote this book because so many pastors end up like Elijah curled up under the broom tree saying, Lord, I'm the only one left and I can't go on. It, it's over. It, it's, I'm done. But there's a beautiful passage in 1 Kings 19 where the Lord comes to Elijah mm -hmm. after he speaks to him in that still, quiet voice. Yes. And he says, Elijah go back the way you came. And that's kind of the theme of reclaiming the joy of ministry. Okay. The book is really permission for pastors to be human. That 
God has always called people like Moses and Elijah and St. Peter to be in ministry. Uh, I, I often ask pastors, why do you think so many of the gospel stories uh, about the disciples are about Peter? Because he was so human. Yes. But he's the one that the Lord Jesus called and said, this is a guy that I can use in ministry. So at, at our retreats for the last 20 some years, we gather couples together and we just bring up the elephant in the room. Uh, we'll say things like, how's your spiritual life? Because we know for pastors and their families, sometimes it's really hard. And these folks will say, really? I thought I was the only one. <laughs> I says, no, 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 no. They, or do you know that life and ministry can be really hard on your spouse and your children, your marriage? Mm -hmm. And we talk about all the reasons why and give uh, church work couples the opportunity to say, I thought I was the only one. Um, you mean I can just be human? And we say, absolutely, because it's human beings who really understand the difference that the gospel of Jesus Christ makes. And if the pastor falls into this professional, occupational hazard of saying, I have to have it all together all the time, as if the gospel doesn't apply to me, then how can we effectively communicate? Mm -hmm. So it's really out of our brokenness uh, and our own need for the gospel that we are best at sharing the gospel. Um, the, the book is really an assessment tool, helping people to put their finger on Here's what's going on in my life. We recommend that uh, pastors uh, read the book and certainly church leaders to get a better understanding oh, yeah. of what's going on in their church workers' lives. We would encourage groups of pastors to study it together uh, like we do on our retreats to be able to look at each other and say, you too? Yeah, me too, okay. and be an encouragement for each other. Um, and also pastors' wives to be able to poke him in the leg and say, that's you, you know. Uh, gives them an avenue and permission yeah. to be able to speak, yes. Yeah. Um, I want to thank our guest, Pastor Zimmerman, for being with us today. And in just a minute, we're going to get right back to that conversation with him. But let me share why we are here for you at Family Shield. Family Shield Ministries cares about families growing in Christ and equips them to witness to each other and to the world. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 stations throughout the United States and heard by more than 850,000 people each week. We also produce a weekly podcast that you can subscribe to and receive it on your computer or your mobile phone. We recently produced a new Family Shield bookmark and would love to send one to you as a gift. If you want to receive one, please email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Now, because our guest is Reverend Dr. Daryl Zimmerman of Grace Place Wellness Ministries, I would encourage you to subscribe to his weekly devotional series. You can do that by going to graceplacewellness.org slash subscribe, graceplacewellness.org backslash subscribe. Now, as a listener-supported ministry, your prayers and financial support are critical to us. They allow us to continue to share the saving gospel message with listeners in your community. 
Did you know that you can support us by designating your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries? Call Thrivent at 1-800-847-4836 and an employee will help you. Again, that number is 1-800-847-4836. We also invite your prayers and your gifts. Gifts can be sent to us directly at Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116, or charge a monthly or one-time gift at FamilyShieldMinistries.com. Now let's get back to my guest, the Reverend Dr. Daryl Zimmerman. Daryl, let's talk a bit about how congregational members can support their pastor and their other church workers. Now, for many men and women, they really look up to their pastor or to their teachers, and I think really see them as this super Christian, super kind of Christian. That's one way they look at us. Or might it also be said this way, that some may really see their church leaders sometimes as being arrogant, maybe even, dare I say it, pompous, and might seek to work against them. What do you have to say about that? Well, I, Mark, I think you're really on to something here. Um, there is no doubt that pastors, like we've been saying, are very human mm-hmm. with their quirks and idiosyncrasies. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, many of our pastors need to work on their emotional intelligence a little and and understanding how their attitudes and behaviors impact other people. But when I hear you ask that question, it makes me wonder a little bit if maybe the the arrogance or the bluster that comes out of a pastor sometimes might be a little bit of a defense mechanism. Sure. That it could be that the pastor has not established healthy boundaries in his life okay. and has experienced a good deal of hurtfulness. Uh, the undue criticism or the unrealistic expectations of ministry. And sometimes I believe pastors fight back against the hurts that they've experienced by over-defending their turf Mm. a little bit uh, because we're all human. So I think we all know uh, how that can go. But Overall, broadly speaking, I I think there are a number of things that congregations can do to create an environment where their called church workers are flourishing. Um, I was uh, working with a group of congregational leaders some years ago. It was in an NFL town, and uh, this was a Saturday, Friday night, Saturday workshop, and I asked the the lay leadership was not quite getting it. Okay. And I and I discovered over the course of this weekend, this was one of those churches that was very hypercritical of their pastor, mm. who was working hard. You know, he wasn't didn't claim to be the world's best pastor or okay. anything. Okay, yes. But he was doing his best. Um, so at one of the break times, I asked this group, is there a football game tomorrow? And, oh, yeah, big rivalry game, you know, interdivision. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I asked him, who's your quarterback? And they told me, and I said, what do you hope your quarterback is doing today, getting ready for the game? 
Good question. Oh, we hope he takes a nap and I hope he gets something good to eat and read the playbook. And yeah, we need him, boy, at an A number one best <laughs> at noon on Sunday. Yes. And um, after that conversation went for a little, the, the group gathered back together and I said, you know, your pastor has a pretty big day tomorrow too. And wouldn't you and your family be better served if your pastor showed up on Sunday morning in a number one condition mm. saying, I love being in ministry in this place. Yes. And I've got a word for you. Uh, a friend of mine retired recently and in his farewell sermon to the congregation, he said, some churches eat their pastors alive. Mm. But then he said, this church loves their pastors to death. Wasn't I like that. that. Wasn't that wow. good? Praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the ways we can love our pastors to death instead of eating them alive? Uh, I think a couple of things to, to kind of create that environment where the pastor and other workers in the church can flourish uh, would be things like uh, allow your called workers to be human beings. Sure. Uh, understand when they make mistakes and say the wrong thing or neglect a responsibility or whatever it might be, that we all gather at the foot of the cross together. Oh, amen to that. Over and over and over again. Uh, I used to teach the kids in my confirmation classes at the church, why does the pastor stand in the front when we confess our sins on Sunday morning? Uh -huh. Well, first sinner, okay? So let's all get in line together. And remember that when we are seeking the grace of God, the pastor is right there with us, also seeking his grace. So uh, just as we are learning to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, which is patience with one another, uh, how about also with our uh, with our called workers? You know, to remember that humans really do make the best pastors. I love that phrase. Yeah. And thank you for it. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Yeah, that humans make the best pastors. Just like us, all the rest of us, we're all living by grace. Um, another thing we say: there's an old saying amongst pastors that every pastor needs a Paul someone who is older and wiser to be a mentor. Every pastor needs a Timothy, someone young that we can pour our wisdom into, but every pastor also needs a Barnabas. Who's that encourager? Who's the one who comes along and lifts us up in our times of struggle? And, and I would encourage people to think about not not just saying things like, oh, you're a great pastor, you know, or mm. uh, uh, here's one. You ever hear this one, Mark? Uh, nice sermon, pastor. Heard that once. You heard that once. Okay. There's a, there's a wise pastor from a generation <laughs> ago who said, uh, do you know what the appropriate response to nice sermon pastor is? It's that remains to be seen. Okay. <laughs> so living the word out this week. Yeah. So, you know, even better than nice sermon pastor is, Pastor, I want to share with you 
what God is doing in my life. Mm. I'd like to share with you what Jesus is doing in my life because I am able to experience life in, in God's grace by word and sacrament through your ministry. Um, so better than, Pastor, you're doing a great job. What, what pastors really are encouraged by is Jesus keeps showing up in this church over and over and over again. And my life is changed because Jesus is here. Uh, my favorite definition of joy comes from uh, Pastor John Piper, who said, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit when he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. Isn't that good? That is wonderful. That, that joy comes when I can look and see Jesus did that. And when pastors have the ability to see Jesus is at work through this ministry, that's what brings us joy. Not that, that I'm a super pastor, the best pastor who ever lived, but that Jesus is here. And, um, and I, I think that would do wonders for the atmosphere around the, uh, the congregation. Oh, my goodness. The fact that humans make the best pastors. Yeah. I love that. Get back to the woman who poked you in the leg constantly. Yeah, yeah. Just very briefly, how can a pastor's wife support her husband? Or for that matter, how can a spouse of a church worker yeah. support their loved one? I always say I learned more about grace from my wife, Carol, and my children than I ever learned at the seminary or from the church. And um, sometimes I would get on my high horse and start acting a little high and mighty around the home. And... <laughs> Carol had this phrase. She'd look at me and she'd say, thank you, pastor. <laughs> and I would go, oh, ouch. And her gentle way of putting me in my place and saying, we know better. We know you're just Daryl, husband, father, child of God, follower of Jesus, pastor. Okay. Uh, so just able to be human, even at home. Uh, uh, home as a sanctuary of grace and love. Yeah. yeah. The way God has knit us together as husbands and wives for those who have a spouse, what a yeah. gift they are. And so God bless them. Daryl, I wish we had more time to visit today. I want to thank you for being our guest here on the Family Shield Network. Please consider visiting graceplacewellness.org to subscribe to Pastor Zimmerman's weekly devotional and some other resources, namely that book that you have, uh, Reclaiming the Joy of Ministry. Uh, I should also like to say recently Grace Place joined the LCEF family, that is the Lutheran Church Extension Fund. In the future, you may find Grace Place resources at lcef.org, lcef.org. This is our program for today. Visit us at familyshieldministries.com. God bless you and your day and your care of your family. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com. 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Thank you.